Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Sif Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that would also traverse the universe to save Chris Pine, it's Sif Pop. He's too dreamy to let go. Right? Yeah. Welcome to Sif Pop. We're streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday or Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. Sorry, time wrinkled up on me No, there. that's fine. I totally yeah. get it. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! Each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Of course, we're going to be talking about Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. That's the main review this week. And we will also do some best ever Chris Evans No, we're going to go with Chris Chris Pine Pine, since he was in Wrinkle in Time. Too many Chris's. Captain America. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, best ever Chris Chris Pine. Yes, best ever Chris Pratt movies. We'll be doing that. Uh, And then we've got a a fun Sif quest as well as uh, some um, buried treasure, of course, at the end. Before we even get into the Do We Care, Uh uh, which Andrew's got for us. Uh, I did want to go over the Oscar contest. We need to give some congratulations. Mm -hmm. Some shout outs. Uh, the guru winner was Andrew! Oh, bow before me. Aaron Dicer, you have been dethroned. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? We are two for two for Sif Pop champions. How That's about right. that? That's right. Let's keep that ball rolling. Um, congratulations. <laughs> you, you. You got uh, 22 out of 24. Well, the Oscars got 22 out of 24. Oh, correct. they missed two? They missed two. Yeah. Uh, well done. Thank you. You. I mean, it was a pretty chalk year you know like the ones that were supposed to win won. yeah pretty much down so the line i can't really <laughs> you know take too much credit for obvious winners being obvious but uh i thought there were actually going to be a lot more upsets i really well i picked we got, a couple i picked a couple upsets that was my we, problem whenever we got towards the end i'm like get out might win get out might yeah. win yeah but uh no it went to shape of water yeah, I was an idiot. I uh, I picked a couple upsets. Uh, the biggest, the, my stupidest pick was picking Willem Dafoe over Sam Rockwell. It was obvious Rockwell was going to win, but oh um, yeah, but yeah. So how many did you end up with? Correct? I ended up with twenty or uh, with twenty. Twenty, I think. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if I'd have just if I'd just picked a couple that I that were fairly obvious, I think I would have tied you, but. Ah. But congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Does this mean I get a shout out to something? Yes, absolutely. You can say anything you want on the Sif Pop Podcast. I'm giving a shout out to a charity. The charity I'm shouting out is Heifer International. I contribute uh, multiple times a year. What it is, if you don't know, it's a, a charity where you donate money that goes towards giving livestock to third world countries. Like, Buy That's a, awesome. Buy a duck, buy a llama, buy an oxen, you know, you just buy animals and then they get sent to people in countries in need. That's really cool. Yeah, I love it. Um, that's a great shout out. By the way, I should mention your twenty two was overall winner. There was nobody else with twenty two. Yes, thank you for so reminding me you of were how the amazing only I one, am. the only one who got twenty two. Very, Our, very closely by Chris from Cinemasin. Yes, I think he had twenty one. Yeah, and I think there were, uh, I think there were two other people who had twenty one. Um, and so then it went to the tiebreak, which was length of the broadcast, which was uh, about three hours and forty six minutes, <laughs> something like that. It's getting longer every year. Man, it's crazy. Uh, and the one who won the tiebreak was Kyle. Hey! Congratulations to Kyle. Woo-hoo! We love. You. I think Kyle deserves his his round of applause. Congratulations, Kyle. Hey, there we go. Yeah. It's a long, long applause. He I, deserves it. I gave you a round of applause too early. It was just turned down, so it was like way in the background. So I apologize, Andrew. But. Nah. Uh, 
you know, it was there, I promise. No, I heard it. It was in my head. <laughs> I I heard the uproarious laughter and joy from the entire world at my victory. Uh, Kyle is at KyleBro67 on Twitter. He is our winner. Here's what Kyle had to say. He sent me this message. Okay. said, hey, first wanted to thank you for hosting the Oscar party. It was fun. Next, uh, ever since I discovered your stuff through the best of 2016 syncast, so when I was on the syncast, uh, I've really admired all the hard work you put into your channel in the podcast. As one of your, parentheses, probably younger fans, uh, I began to really take an interest in film almost a year and a half ago. I wanted to thank you for inspiring me and growing my love for movies through your overall passion for film. Uh, after recently watching your Best of 2012 video, did you see the, the video that I had tweeted? You did a 2012 video? With Jeremy from CinemaSins. Oh. We did a Best of 2012 video, and I had tweeted out, you know, this was you know five years ago or whatever. Oh, I'll and, have to check that out. Uh, actually, six years ago, and uh, no, it would have been five years ago. And uh, and so anyway, so he watched that uh, where you mentioned watching a trailer, which is funny because you know back then I was actually watching trailers. I uh, had a fun time checking out some of your older reviews as well as uh, as well including the one for my favorite movie, Moneyball where you couldn't remember the last name of a Chris from Parks and Recreation. So we're already back into the Chris's problem. I have a Chris problem. What can I say? Uh, Anyways, wanted to say thanks. And as for my message, kind of random, but Mad Max Fury Road might be the most overrated movie of all time, and Star Trek Beyond is amazing. So there you go. That's from Kyle. He's allowed to be wrong twice, I guess. (laughs) You don't like Star Trek Beyond? Nah. Remember we had that conversation. Yeah. I get into I get like not liking into darkness a little bit, but whoa, be- into darkness is way better than Beyond. No, oh yes, it is. <laughs> Beyond is the better film. <laughs> Please, buddy, <laughs> man, I didn't even get to play him off. I was planning if the speech went real long. I was like, Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. nice, yeah. But congratulations, yeah. Thank you, Kyle, for your participation. You won over, uh, I think the final tally was, what, like 120 people? So, congrats. That's, you know, nothing to sneeze at. So, good good job, job. buddy. Yeah, way to get all those picks right. Uh, And as for the rest of you, your next chance to, you know, get a shout-out on Sif Pop, win something will probably be, um, what's, uh, what will we do? Probably the Summer Movie Wager coming up. Yeah. We'll do, uh, or the the Summer Sum Game, that's what we call it here. The Sif Pop Summer Sum Game. Which, last year, I did... Terrible. I think we both did terrible on yeah. that last year. So, and I don't uh, think we planned on Wonder Woman being as big as it was. And and, uh, and by the way, Black Panther will not count, even though it probably will make more money than any movie uh, this year. So, yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that'll be your next chance uh, to in do a contest with us. Ready? Go on to Do We Care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, I wanted to know if you wanted to do just a general Oscar, you know, recap of like, were you surprised sure, by any go ahead. winners? Yeah. Uh, no, I was not surprised by any winners. Okay, yeah, Shape of Water, obviously the big winner, Guillermo del Toro taking home two Oscars. I got to tell you, I love that guy. He is just so likable or yeah. quote unquote lovable, actually. You know, I think a big part of Shape of Water's success is because people love him so much because of his passion and energy for film. Yeah, uh, all that kind of stuff. Being in the same room during the uh, Critics' Choice Awards, sitting right across from him, mm-hmm. and seeing his joy when other people would win, like I totally get why people are on his team i mean it's oh, it's yeah. pretty incredible yeah and, and then of course we got jordan peele yeah take, yeah taking home for best that was my screenplay. favorite that was my favorite moment of the night was the get out one screenplay really i think yeah. my favorite was uh maybe yeah that awards been, wise i mean awards wise yeah there was a couple of really cool things that i hadn't really seen at the oscars before like the uh the uh, soldier memorial, like mm-hmm. the veterans memorial, that was really cool. Yeah, that montage was awesome. I loved all the montages. Uh, my favorite moment moment was probably the ninety years in film montage. I did not see the I because I was working. I didn't didn't see the in memoriam one. Was it pretty? You know what? That's the only part of the show I missed. Strangely enough, as soon as the in memoriam start uh, started, uh-huh. there was a storm coming through and it killed yeah. our reception. Oh, and then no. our reception cleared up right as it was finishing. Oh man! So I don't know whose ghost yeah. caused that, but uh, <laughs> but it was a little bit spooky. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So that's what I'm gonna go with for uh, number one. So moving on to number two. Sure, bring it on. Big news. This is big news. 
Do you want me to tell you how big this news is? How big is this news? It deals with Disney, so it's big news. <laughs> Disney. You might as well just interchange the. It yeah. deals with the film industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disney is the film industry now, pretty much. But you know how they have their own streaming platform coming. Yeah. Well, John Favreau is going to create a live-action Star Wars series. Yeah. Um. Okay. We talked a couple weeks ago about is there is th- as such thing as too much Star Wars? Right. I think we. Are on the cusp of that now. <laughs> Max Star Wars. Because I thought once a year, you know, because it used to be like once every 10 years, you know, you get a Star Wars trilogy. But now, Star because we have the Star Wars animated shows as well. Now, Star Wars live action as, as well as the syndicated like trilogy and then the offshoots of those. Too much Star Wars. I honestly think we're going to be like... It, not, I mean, it, not me. I, you know, as long as it's good, bring it on. Um, do you watch Star Wars Rebels? No. The animated show? I do. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm excited for more looks into this universe. Uh, you know, more. I'm excited for John Favreau. I think he's great. Uh, I'm really excited to see how he runs the show, who he gets to be involved, um, kind of where you know where this show is going to land in the universe. All that stuff's exciting. I thought it was a little, um, a little bit uh, blind or short sighted for Disney to release that announcement on International Women's Day. <laughs> When they've already been, you know, accused of not hiring enough women or enough, you know, people of color. Yeah. And then they announce they've got a white guy to do the television show. I didn't even notice. <laughs> so, um, but having said all that, I still think it's a great choice. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not opposed. Um, too much Star Wars. It's going to take a while before Star Wars even comes close to approaching how much Marvel there is. And I'm not sick of Marvel yet. So, I mean, think of all the Marvel TV shows live action TV shows that are going on on Netflix or agents of shield or, you know what I mean? Like there's always the ability. And if one of them's bad, guess what? We just don't watch it. You know what I mean? So I, I just don't know that I'm going to get sick of, I'm not sick of Marvel and there's much more Marvel than there is star Wars, even with a new live action TV show. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. All right. So number three, Westworld season two coming out in April will feature much more of samurai world. Oh yeah! Did somebody announce that? Yep, at South by Southwest. Now that was that was hinted. Yeah, it was the, hinted in season one. Yeah, in the finale for sure. Yeah. Um. No, that's cool. That's great. Expand that universe, man. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see where they go. I I need to revisit season one. Um. Well, season two starting pretty soon. Yeah. So I uh I was listening to somebody talk about it who had just recently binged the whole thing. They hadn't watched it and they loved it. And I'm wondering if it if it is a show that is much more satisfying to binge than to watch week to week. Now, I enjoyed the week to week conversation. Oh, yeah. But I think because some of the twists, quote unquote, were a little bit obvious to some people. Like Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think because some of that stuff was obvious, the week to week. It gave you time. Gave you too much time to go, come on, just get there. We already know what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I wonder when you binge it, it's like, even if it's obvious, you see it in a couple hours. You know what I mean? So it's like. I wonder if this is a show that's better binged, but um, having said that, I'm not going to wait till the whole season's over no. before I watch season <laughs> Right two. there with you. I'm going to be week-to-weeking it uh, just right there with you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Very nice. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Wrinkle in Time. Imagine that the ant here wants to get to her other hand. The quickest option is to walk across the street. But it turns out... A straight line is not the shortest distance between two points. Not if you use a fifth dimension. It's outside of the rules we know of time and space. So, the ant arrives in my hand instantaneously. So you fall to space. More likely wrinkle it. Meg Murray and her little brother, Charles Wallace, have been without their scientist father, Mr. Murray, for five years, ever since he discovered a new planet and used the concept known as a tesseract to travel there. Joined by Meg's classmate, Calvin O'Keefe, and guided by the three mysterious astral travelers known as Mrs. What's-It, Mrs. Who, and Mrs. Witch, the children brave a dangerous journey to a planet that possesses all of the evil in the universe. It's Wrinkle in Time. Uh, This, of course, based on the children's fantasy novel uh, that I remember growing up that I read, I think, two or three times. Um, And Disney bringing it to the big screen. It is been called unfilmable you know as many fantasy books are lord of the yeah. rings was the same way people said you Life couldn't film it. yeah all that stuff so we know it's been done before but the question is 
How well was it done this time? Wasn't this Danae, who, by the way, is in the chat? Shout out to Danae. Hello. Wasn't it uh, her most anticipated movie of the year? I don't remember if it, I think it was on the list yeah. for anticipated films of the year, but I'm not sure if it was the most anticipated film okay. of the year. Where was it for you in anticipation? None. So you weren't necessarily. I never looking... read the books. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. So did you like it, love it, dislike it, hated it, or it was just okay? I did not like it. So dislike it? Disliked it. I'm going to go it was just okay. Really? Uh, leaning towards disliked it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I This is a movie that I think everybody wanted to be an A. And it's actually a C, and so we're all going to call minus. it a B minus. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like I'm going to stick with a hard C on this one. Hard C, C but minus. But you know what I'm saying, right? It's like you can feel that people wanted this to be good, so there really is that level of... Oh, so you're saying the overhype for it Yeah, it's, and it's, the, it's then the disappointment, it's but kind, it's not as bad as... Right. It's kind of like you want to say it's it's a little bit better than it is, or at least give it a little grace, give it a little freedom, and I told, uh, I totally get that. Um, but it does definitely does miss in a lot of yeah. ways. Let's talk about the good stuff first. What do you got on the pro side? Visually, this movie is vibrant. It's beautiful to look at. Yeah. And for as quote unquote little sense as it makes, I still was engaged and wanted to you know just see this expansion of this universe mm-hmm. and how you know it is beautiful. You know. Yeah, and some of the visual concepts of some of the ways they brought these ideas to life are really gorgeous you know even even the you know the the final planet in the which is basically a a new version of the nothing you know in many ways yeah uh was stunning like that that whole scene was stunning there's a moment um where she's uh in this room and has to figure out how to get to this tunnel and all that stuff i thought was really well envisioned and well realized um, it was during that portion, actually this whole movie in, in some ways kind of is, is like annihilation for kids. <laughs> it's, a little bit. it's a little weird and out there and, and strange. Um, although I think annihilation pulls it off overall much better, but, uh, but there's a lot def- darker. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a lot of weird things and dark things going on here. Some of that stuff with Charles Wallace, you know, towards the end is, you know, I'm I not, thought it was really dark. I'm not going to lie. I it got to the point where I hated hearing his name said. Yeah, they said it a lot. Oh, man. Charles Wallace. Charles. Just call him Charles. You don't <laughs> Chuck. need Chuck. Because uh, they said it so much. I was. It got very, very annoying very, very quick. The CW. Yeah. C- yeah. <laughs> the CW. But, um, yeah, so some other pros. What do you yeah. got? Like. I enjoyed some of the performances. Not, some of. not necessarily all of them. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, and I, I always butcher her name. I, I can't wait till I, I get it right. But it's a. Uh, it's called Oprah. <laughs> no, that's, no. Not, that's not the one. Uh, Bathara, I yeah. think is her last name. Last name. Um, she's really good. Magoob. I can't. I I should look it up so I can at least try. But anyway, she's phenomenal. Everything yeah. everything I've seen her in, I'm just like, oh, she's. I think she's it's a Gugu and Bathara. Yeah, I think so. I think but that's I think how you say. Like, I think there's an M in there though. Gugu Mbathara. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, she's she's wonderful. Yeah. I want to see her in everything. She's so good. Yeah. For as young as she is, the amount of talent she's showing is a lot of promise for the future. Yeah. You know. And she's in everything <laughs> these days. So. But it's not like we're like tired of her. We're no, like no, excited no. to see her stuff. Like, no, totally. oh, she's in it now. No, so totally. yeah. So that's cool. Somebody that young has that much star power mm-hmm. and it's something that you hope you know can blossom into something you know like a great adult career in film you know and you don't want them to be a child star that just you know withers out you know with that much talent the other performance i really loved was chris pine uh i thought he was great i i think there's a subtlety to his performance in this movie that continues to make me think he is supremely talented as an actor um, I think he's proven it more than on a couple occasions that he's not just a handsome face. Right. No, totally. And and I think the range is what I you – know, you start to realize how rangy he is mm-hmm. with the performances that he can take on because there is a – there's a quietness to this character that he's playing, a, um, almost a, a withdrawnness, an introvertedness that I don't know that I've seen perfectly – you know, from him before. So, um, because most of his characters are like confident and outgoing and in those kind of things. So yeah, I, I liked his performance as well. Yeah. Anything else in the pro column that you wanted to mention? Um, uh, no. Okay. You go on to the negatives then. 
If I think of something else in the pros, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Okay. The dialogue in this movie is super bad. Yeah. Like, it is almost, like, cringeworthy bad. And, like, character development for certain people is non-existent. Yeah, Literally, totally. people show up, and they're there for the rest of the movie, and you don't know why. Right, yeah, totally. And I totally agree with that. So, dialogue, uh, editing, or editing from, like, a, uh, I guess, a screenplay sense, like... Well, how I said it was, it it just feels um, like the movie itself is separated from itself in some ways. Like it feels all over the place. Um, it, it feels very start and stop, or um, you know, sectioned out in a very strange way. It's like, um, yeah, like stutter stops every once in a while. Exactly. So it's it's rough. Um, and I guess there's there's parts of the movie, I guess, along with the dialogue that are supposed to, you know whimsical and you know like eccentric and extreme and you're supposed to appreciate it for that sense but there are times where i thought it was not lackluster but it was okay i'm just gonna say it was dumb (laughs) it was dumb like i know what you're going for but i don't think you you met the mark on that one well the movie wants to be off it wants to ground itself in some sort of authenticity yeah so there's some grittiness to the content for what's going on and some of the performances mm-hmm. and then there are other performances specifically reese witherspoon is one um where it's like oh but this is a different movie she's playing like she's like a fairy godmother in yeah. some ways and it's like it's too bright it's too cheery it's too it doesn't feel right with the rest of the tone of this movie so I, I think for me it was that the movie didn't have a good grasp on everybody being in the same place and in going towards the same thing for like tone and for the feel yeah. of the movie. It just it felt, you know, uh, disnified in many ways. I need to go back because I was thinking Stormy Reed is the performance I thought was really good. Gugu and Bathara is, you know, the mother. Yes. So I was, you know. It's early in the morning. I'm blaming daylight savings time. Oh, were you talking about the girl? Yeah, Stormy Reed. Okay, okay, yeah, I, yeah. As you know, as no, a child star, too. as a child star, that I thought, you know, she has a great career. In it front did of seem her. a little weird to me that you were talking about Gugu and Bathara as like a, a child, child star. star. Yeah, that and seemed I was a little strange. Storm, I was thinking Stormy Reed. I really do think that she has a lot of potential with yeah. the performance she gave. Yeah, Gugu and Bathara is definitely, you know, an adult. Yes. <laughs> I'm blaming. I, I I was robbed an hour of sleep, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we all were. Yeah. It got us the sleep monster. Uh, what else didn't you like? Um, the movie? No, no, no. I'm I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, for as <clears throat> you know, it was to show you so much of this universe and how you know expansive and you know unique it is. But at the same time, transitioning from one area to another seemed forced, clunky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, and it hurts your understanding of what's going on. It's very distracting in that way. Yeah. This, this movie has a lot of distraction to it. Um, and that's never a good thing. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't suck you in to, ooh, the wonder of this world. Exactly. Consistently. It, it, it'll suck you in for a second and then it'll do something that distracts you and takes you out of it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's the crazy thing is because, like, you see all these amazing quote unquote or quote unquote amazing places but you like visually they're beautiful but i never wanted to stay in Mm -hmm. any of those places i'm like no i don't want to leave yet this place is so cool there's so much more to explore i was either ready to move on to the next place or i didn't realize that we were moving on and then when i found out we were leaving i didn't care right so yeah it's a little strange in that way and the way the, the movie moves and and comes together feels a little strange yeah is it possible that we're just too adult to be on this movie's wavelength? I thought that. You know, because I uh, there's another thing that happens um, in this movie a lot. Pop songs will play over big moments. Yeah, it was weird. And we, I personally love score. I yeah. That to me builds them. But I'm wondering if for this generation, if that is even more meaningful to them then a beautiful score is to hear a pop song or, or if they connect, ba- you know, based on how, you know, uh, the YouTubeification of, you know, music videos and streaming and all those kind of things, if that's, you know, maybe something that's more appealing to them. And, yeah. You know, I think if you if I had looked at Never Ending Story with adult eyes before I had looked at it with kid eyes, 
I don't think I would. I don't know that I would necessarily say it's a great movie, right? Well, you'd be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wondering if that's the same here. I'm wondering yeah, if it, I totally get it, and especially for you know uh, a young girl, you know, going to see this movie with a girl heroine. Like I, I do think there is some value, and I guess that would be my one more thing is I, I do see some value in this movie, even beyond recognizing that it did not appeal to me, and I found it to be technically deficient. Yeah. So that could be another one of my cons is that there are character traits that are discussed in this movie, but they're never explained. Mm-hmm. And I probably have to speak on that more in uh, spoilers. Okay. Like uh, how some characters are damaged, and like I don't understand how a transition or a character trait of that magnitude is created or you know uh what am i trying to say how it's it's not explained well enough for me to go okay i understand why this character is this way sure so yeah character development is a little bit weak in that way yeah yeah totally do you have anything else you wanted to mention before we move on i'm good all right um i would say if you have uh you know a young girl in your life that it might be you know a good movie to take her to and and let her enjoy but if you're just going as you know, an adult, uh, I think it's not necessarily worth your time. So does that make sense? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing last night when I, I should probably talk into the mic. It, <laughs> it turned on me. Uh, I was thinking the same thing last night whenever I went and saw I'm like, maybe it's just I'm not the demographic for this movie. So that's why it's not, you know, uh, appealing to me sure. in that sense. But at the same time, I can't review it as a, you know, a young girl because <laughs> I'm a 31-year-old white dude. So... That's all, I have to review it as a 31-year-old white yeah, dude. That's all you can be is yourself, man. That's yeah. all you can be is yourself. Am I 31 or am I 32? I don't know. It's don't 2018. Yeah. What year were you born? 86. And then you will be, I'll 32, be 32 this, this year. year. Okay, so. there we go, yeah. There you go. I'm... <sighs> I'm to that age Glad where I don't help. even I don't even know how old oh, I am dude, anymore. Oh, dude, you have no idea. It gets even worse. Does it really? I, I promise. Yay! Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm still in my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the best ever challenge. We are going to do best ever Chris Pine movies. Yeah. Um. So we'll do some honorable mentions at the end, but before that, we're going to count them down number three to number one. Uh, Andrew, why don't you go first? What do you got at number three? The original Star Trek. Yeah, it's a good movie. That's in my uh, honorable mentions. Okay, yeah. Uh, wow. Like, because, you know, you hear J.J. Abrams, he's bringing back Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And it's the original it's the original cast, not as the acting, but, you know, the you know the characters, the original yeah. character storyline. Yeah. And you're like, okay, how are they going to pull this off? Is it going to be good? And it's good. Yeah. It's really good. It really is. Like, we talked about whenever we did uh, Star Trek Beyond, we did that review, how good that cast of characters and actors, yeah. how well they play off of each other, and how you know natural it feels. Like, yeah, these people were made to work with each other. I think that is, I that, that may be the genius of J.J. Abrams. I mean, I know I love kind of how his Not brain works. Uh, yeah, it's not Lens Flare. Okay. I know, I like how his brain works with like mystery and you'll hear him talk about the mystery box and setting up, you know, mysteries in a movie and when to reveal them, all that kind of fun stuff. That's fun yeah. to me too. But I actually wonder if maybe the genius of JJ Abrams is in casting. Because the you know, him doing um the the Star Wars reboot as well. Yeah. What a perfect cast for that too, you know? And it's just like I just I think he really has a sense for character and for understanding who to put where, um, because yeah, that Star Trek cast is the best example. Everybody is perfectly cast mm-hmm. in those movies, in my opinion. So, what's yeah. your number three? My number three is Into the Woods. Into the Woods. Into the Woods. You know me, I'm not a musical no, guy, I so I know, and I am. But and, you love your musicals. And speaking of Chris Pine, he is so good in this movie. Um, <laughs> I, I just. This is a musical that I think may be a little bit of an acquired taste, but I really enjoyed it and had a great time with it. So lots of great songs, lots of interesting things going on. So I, this is one that surprised me. Yeah. I was not expecting to like Into the Woods as much as I liked it. Maybe it's because I was a, you know raised, believe it or not, I was raised on the original Grimm Brother versions of those stories. Yeah. So And they're a lot darker. Uh-huh. So whenever I see, you know... 
even Disney, you know, Dis- did Disney do Into the Woods? Okay, yeah. So whenever you see like the animated versions of those movies, you know, like, you know, Little Red Riding Hood and stuff like sure, that. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, it's very child-friendly. And then this is just ups it to another level by adding the musical element to it. That could be why I didn't find it You know, that's an interesting thought because Into the Woods was written to pay homage to the grittier original grim stories. Um, The music is full of very adult concepts and ideas. The stuff with the wolf and Red Riding Hood especially, there's a... There's a real quote unquote predator yeah, element. Too. Yeah, there's a real sexual predator yeah. element yeah, to all that stuff. For. Yeah. So um so that's interesting to hear you say that because Into the Woods, I would think, would lean even more that way, even though Disney then took it and kind of polished it a little bit. Yeah. So but um but yeah, anyways. Yeah, I totally get that. That's understandable. Okay. Number two? Yeah, do number two. Wonder Woman. Yep, I'm there too. Okay. Wow. And it, again, he's really good in this movie, but it is definitely, you know, a Gal Gadot movie. Yeah. It, she just destroys any, you know, hesitance you had about the DCEU. Like, nope, mm-hmm. I can carry this all on my back. <laughs> and she does for an entire movie. Yeah. And he's good in it. He's really yeah. good. He's phenomenal. I want to talk a little bit about Patty Jenkins uh, directing Wonder Woman because what became even more clear to me after Justice League and how Wonder Woman was handled in Justice Justice League. How a woman fil- films a woman. Yeah, and, and not even just the way she's filmed, but what she's given to do. Yeah. Um, just felt so much more authentic and real in how Patty Jenkins used her and filmed her and all of those things. Um, it, it, it deepened my respect for the directing process of Wonder Woman. And yes, I agree with those who say the movie does fall apart a little bit in the third act. I think there's some, you know, issues with, you know, the big baddie, you know, battle and the villain and all that stuff. Who can punch you the hardest? Yeah. Yeah, I get um, that. But still, what a great movie. Yeah. What a great performance. I mean, even if it was just the No Man's Land scene. You oh, know, this I can watch that all day, every yeah, day. It's so good. And Wonder Woman's theme song, that just gets you pumped up. That needs to be... That needs to be my new gym song. Yeah, right. We have we both have the same number one. There's no way we can't. So why don't you go ahead and take us into it? All right, the number one is Horrible Bosses Two. Yes, (laughs) so good. Hell or high water. Hell or high water. I'm assuming. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. This movie's so good. And it gets better and better every time. It does. It's crazy. Yeah. Movies shouldn't be able to do that. Is it? Is it? I always get it wrong. Um, It's. Taylor Sheridan, right? Or is it Tyler? I, th- I say it's Taylor. Okay, that's what I thought. I, Who I, also did Wind River, and right. he has the upcoming Yellowstone movie, which looks very, very good. So what did you think of Wind River? I forget. Oh, Wind River was, I think, my number three or number four movie of last year. Okay, so you really liked it. Yeah. As much as Hell or High Water? Mm, man, they're too, it's weird. They're very different movies. They are very different. Um, I think just from the Western element and, you know, that dry grittiness of it, I felt more akin to that element of, you know, weather mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, the insanely cold weather that I just hate. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm in the acting, I think, is more uh, it's more prominent, you know, uh, gri- gripping in Hell or High Water, so I think I'm going to go with Hell or High Water. Yeah, I think Hell or High Water is the better movie. I don't think I liked Wind River as much as you did. I still loved it. Um, yeah. It still made my top 41. I think somewhere in the 20s, actually. Well, I think with Wind um, River, it's more, I was so immersed in the Native American, you know, sure. distrust. Totally. Of, and I thought that that was just a very fascinating way to go Absolutely. about telling that story. Well, in Renner's great, and Olsen's great. Like, yeah. you know, the performances are wonderful. Absolutely. I know, I, I totally get it. In fact, um, when I was traveling recently, uh, my wife said she rewatched Wind River because she liked it so much. She just went, man, that's a mm. good movie. Yeah. And I was like, and it's not exactly the kind of movie I would think my wife would want to rewatch, but it, it there's something really powerful about that story. So yeah, um, yeah, I enjoyed Wind River. But we're talking about Hell or High Water. And Ben Foster so got robbed on a nomination yeah. for that movie. No, totally. Yeah, he was he was better than Jeff Bridges. Eh. Okay. No, yes, he was. Okay. Yes, he was. Let's just say the samesies. No. Let's just say they were both really amazing. 
No, what is it about Jeff Bridges that that would put it below that Ben Foster performance? Because I done, thought it was almost a perfect performance. It was. He's done that performance before. So it's, it's just that he's done it's, it. It's the exact same as his true true grit. Character. So what you're punishing him for sustained amazingness. <laughs> yes, but if you look at what Ben Foster did, Ben Foster, if you look at his career, he's been able to perform very different characters. And I'm not saying that Jeff Bridges hasn't, but I'm saying that Jeff Bridges already won an Oscar for that character. <laughs> right. He don't. He doesn't need to be nominated again for the same character. Yeah, um, I think I will agree to disagree that I think Bridges is the better performance. There are just some moments uh, in that movie where he does some really nuanced things that kind of blew my mind. Uh, ben Foster is phenomenal in it, and it would just be by a feather uh, that I would say Bridges is the better performance. But it doesn't matter. The point is, every performance is. I mean, Chris Pine is amazing. Oh, he's so good. It. Yeah, um, this is not only the best Chris Pine movie; it's the best Chris Pine performance. Yeah, it's I agree. very subtle. I agree. Subtle but powerful. Yeah, absolutely. How many uh, honorable mentions did you have? Uh, let me count them up for you real quick. I, I think I had about five. I have three. Okay, why don't you start? Uh, Smoke and Aces. Okay, see, I wouldn't have included that one. Really? Yeah. I like it because it's, you know, it's bombastic and it's ridiculous. It's supposed to be in a, it's not a movie you can just plug in and watch. you got to be in the mood for it, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, uh, Horrible Bosses 2, as mentioned I, before. I did have that listed, yeah. Believe, I think that movie's very funny. It is. I think it's very funny. It's a lot like the first one, but that's okay. The first one's hilarious, yeah. so. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to put Star Trek Into Darkness over Beyond. Because and I had Star Trek Beyond, but not Into Darkness. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, man. I love- into Darkness is just, it's so fan-winky. You know, like the whole con thing, just, I just, I don't know. It's See, I guess it's the fact that, don't kill me, internet. <laughs> Wrath of Khan is a good movie, but I don't hold it in the esteem of like the greatest sci-fi movies yeah. of all time. Like, yeah. it's a good, it's a good, it's probably the best Star Trek movie. I think so, but it's not like otherworldly good. I think the sure. series are so much better than the movies. Are. I don't think you're going to get a lot of pushback on that. You'd be surprised. The internet is very. Well, no, no, no. I think people love Wrath of Khan, but I think I think people love the series more than they do the movies. So whenever it comes to um, you know being fan winky with it being Khan, I don't really look at that. I look at uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's performance, and I'm like, yeah, he's a really cool villain. I like him. Yeah. So, I but don't- it's hard for me to to separate. You know, especially with the end, especially with how it ends being. Well, a direct mirror of, you know, the original. With it being Kirk instead of... It's just like, you know, make your own movie. I don't know. There was just some of it that I was like... Uh, That part I get, but at the same time, I do like a darker Star Trek movie. And this is definitely whenever you look at all the other Star Trek movies, I think this is the darkest Star Trek movie. Oh, interesting. I really do. Because I think that Benedict Cumberbatch's performance just is so ominous. He's just such a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I want to be clear. I really like Into Darkness. Um just I don't revere it above the other two new Star Trek movies um in in the way that you do. But Star uh, Trek the first one's still the best. I agree actually. Um so yeah, I had the first one and beyond in my honorable mentions. Uh, I also had a couple movies that he did that just seemed to fly under the radar but are really good. Okay. Um and I don't know if you've seen them. If you haven't, I would recommend them. This Means War is a comedy that is surprisingly good. I thought it was him and Tom Hardy and was it Reese Witherspoon? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was okay. It's surprisingly funny. Okay. It got a lot of, I think it got a lot of bad reviews and bad press. And then when I finally saw it with my expectations really low. Is that why? I think possibly. Okay. But I had a really good time with it. Two spies going after the same girl. Yeah. It's yeah. I think it almost succeeds on Hardy and Pine alone. Like, I think they are both really charismatic in it yeah. and interesting to watch. Um, so them battling each other I thought was really fun. Uh, People Like Us. I don't know if you ever saw People Like Us. Very heartwarming, um, really enjoyable movie. Sounds familiar. Uh, Finest Hours uh, I didn't, was really good. I didn't good. see that one. It's really good. Is it good? Okay. I think so. Okay. It made my, it made my 41. Um, I think it's it's powerful. Again, Chris Pine is great in it. True story, rise of you know the human spirit. You yeah, know, that's that's my style of movie. In the fact that I didn't see it, but you should you, see it. Man. You recommend it? Yeah, okay. definitely. And the other one I have to put on here is Unstoppable, just because you got to put a little, do you? Little got to put the train, do you? Yeah, movie on here. 
Come on, there is a part of you that enjoyed watching that movie. The credits when it ended, I was like, "Oh, thank." Goodness. Oh, did you really hate it? Did you hate Unstoppable? I didn't like it. I, it whenever I because I saw it later. Yeah. I saw it later. Whenever Chris Pine was Chris Pine. I'm oh, okay. Like, oh, wait, Chris Pine did a movie with Denzel Washington, <laughs> right? And then you're like, "It's about a train." Well, okay, that's something new. I guess it could be like Speed Seven or something. Well, that's what it, rem- it reminded me of. Speed actually, it yeah. reminded me of a movie that just is what it is, and it's ridiculous and silly, but. Denzel is chewing scenery and it's I just I don't know there's something about that that's really fun okay so yeah I think if you don't go into expecting Oscar you know worthy movie but go in expecting just a fun you know kind of action romp I think you you can have a good time with it maybe it's be now that I'm looking back on it I saw it right around the same time I saw Source Code and I'm like Source Code was a better train movie Source Code's great yeah I love Source Code yeah I need to revisit that movie I need to go I need to see that again yeah because that's good stuff that's Duncan Jones man yeah, it is in uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I need to rewatch that. Well, there you go. There's our best ever Chris Pine movies. Yep. Way to go, Mister Pine. And then Wrinkle in Time, number one. <laughs> it's a Wrinkle in Time, not just Wrinkle in Time. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. I apologize if I missaid it. Before we head on to the rest of the show, just a reminder: this podcast and many others exist because people just like you support it. Starts at three bucks a month on Patreon, patreon.com slash studio DNA. And uh, some cool benefits that go along with doing that. Even at just the three bucks a month, you get your own dedicated podcast feed right into your podcast player. You'll get bonus episodes, it'll pull them for you uh, right there, um, as well as uh, ad free versions of the episodes themselves. So there you go, right at patreon.com slash studio DNA. I think on the. Uh, the pre-show, the bonus show for this episode, Andrew and I talked about uh, Never Ending Story, other possible fantasy movies uh, for kids, that kind of stuff yeah. uh, during the pre-show. So if you want to check that out, feel free to go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. And thank you to all those who support. Uh, we literally could not do this without you. Ready to move on to the Sif Quest? This is a good one. Sif Quest this week comes from John on Twitter, who says, Sif Quest suggestion. A classmate of mine believes that Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver is the best character in all of film. I have not put in the time to think of my best character, but I was wondering what you guys think. Andrew, what is the best character in all of movies? And also, how did you determine this? Like, what makes a better character than a performance? See, that was I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Because there is a very big difference between... Because I thought about this. I'm like, okay, the best performance ever doesn't always equal the best character. I think right. uh uh whenever I was thinking I'm like okay it has to deal with three things for me. Um memor- uh how memorable are they? Okay. Overall um public, you know, effective like how they affected the world and mm-hmm. stuff like that like how memorable they are. And then just presence. Like does the the does the name of the character outweigh the name of the actor who mm-hmm. played them, you know? Yeah, I actually think uh, I think all three of mine do well in all those characters. Those are great questions. I think that's that's exactly right. That's how you would kind of think of it. Yeah. In those terms, so um, I picked three. I don't know how many you picked. I have a top ten. You have a top ten. T- okay, I should clarify. I have. A, I have. I have to clarify. This is a top ten that I came up with two hours before coming here. So right. this is like I'm sure there are others. I'm like, oh yeah, they would have definitely. Well, why don't my- you just run down your top 10 then? And then I'll do, then I'll do my three, unless you mention one of mine and then I'll, okay. I'll mark it off. Number 10. Okay. Hannibal Lecter. That's a great choice. Yeah. Whew. Um, just whenever, whenever Anthony Hopkins, cause you know, he was doing movies before this, like elephant mm-hmm. man and all yeah. those, but when he did Hannibal Lecter, he became Hannibal Lecter for a long time. People were like, oh, that's the Hannibal Lecter guy. Yeah. And that no, character is terrifying. Yeah. He is in that movie, Silence of the Lambs, for I think eleven minutes, and it's his movie. Yeah, it's his movie. That's insane. That is that is a little crazy. Hey, let me ask you a question before you go to number nine. Yeah, did Travis Bickle make your top ten? He did not. Yeah, okay. So that's what I was curious. About. He didn't really. I I think I could come up with probably at least twenty before I would get to Bickle. I would get. He's not even my top De Niro character, really. <laughs> Yeah. So So there's that, John. Would you just, yeah. just say that Bickle wouldn't be our first choice? And again, out of all Scorsese's movies, I don't really like Taxi Driver that much. Well, you know me, I'm not necessarily Scorsese fan to begin with. So Yeah. So but, yeah, uh, there's our uh, our disclaimer right there. <laughs> all right, number nine. <laughs> the Terminator. 
Okay. Yeah, Schwarzenegger as the T-800, is it, I think? Yeah, sure. Yeah, just the Terminator. Yeah. But, yeah, well, wow, what a character. And I think more so in Judgment Day because his character actually had a personality, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, he was becoming human in that movie. Yeah. For as, you know, cybernetic as he was, just John Connor trying to connect with this robot who is sole purpose was to kill. Yeah. And, you know, him becoming human and making me cry at the end of that movie whenever he lowers himself into the lava. Spoiler alert. And then and the movie came out in 92, somewhere yeah. around there. But he lowered, and then he gives the thumbs up, and I cry every single time. Oh, it's That's ho- such a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good choice. Number eight. Ellen Ripley. Okay. Yeah. Alien. The most amazing female character. I guess that's a spoiler for the rest of my list. But <laughs> Ellen Ripley, to me, is the most amazing female heroine in cinematic history yeah her and well, i guess sarah connor are right there and sarah connor barely got etched out by hannibal lecter on my list yeah because that's just a mom who's not only trying to save her kid but save the world and right. that's just so cool and she's so tough um but yeah ellen ripley you know sure. taking on the deadliest creatures the universe has ever known thanks fast bender <laughs> <clears throat> All right, number seven. Anton Chigurh. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's, I'm sure that's good. Because as monotone as he is, the undertones that Javier Bardem brings to that character brings a level of horror and terrifying to a villain I don't think I've ever seen. Sure, good choice. Uh, number seven. Number, si- number six. Uh, six, yeah. Tyler Durden. Yeah? Yeah. It's an interesting one. I think it's Brad Pitt's best performance. I think it's his coolest character, most memorable character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Fight Club, you know, because the whole movie is predicated on do, Tyler Durden. That's the yeah. whole movie is who is Tyler Durden. Even more than you would think when you start that movie, the whole movie is Tyler Durden. Yeah. I, I see what you did there. Did you ever read the book, Fight no, Club? No, no, I didn't. Okay. It's a little bit different. I think that they put a lot more emphasis in the movie on the whole a predilection of who Tyler Durden is in the yeah. movie, but I think it works to its benefit. Um, These are all good choices. Yeah. Number five? This is what I have as also the best performance by an actor of all time. Oh, okay. Not only just best character. Sure. But I think the performance makes the character so good, and that's Daniel Day-Lewis's Daniel Plainview. Okay. It's just, it's so unforgettable and I, so <laughs> amazing. It, no, it's great. I think that, to me, is a great performance, but the character itself, you're right, the performance makes the character, Yeah, which to me, I think, knocks it down a little bit because the character itself isn't great. It's the it's almost only the performance that makes it great. And I that's guess the that's thing. A, I guess that's a... I, no, that's a good screenplay. I'm not... I, the character is, is good, so... Yeah, no, that's a good choice. Okay. And then my top four are like... Should be in everybody's top four. Oh no! Yeah, uh, no, they won't. They won't be mine. I can guarantee. I bet you don't have a single one of the three that I'm going to choose. Right, number four. Yeah, Darth Vader. That's that's a great choice. It's it's the right choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you like villains, man. I do like villains. Villains. Whenever you think of movies, it's well, okay. My top three are all heroes. Okay, good. Top three are all heroes. But Darth Vader. Whenever you think Star Wars, you think Vader, and mm-hmm. whenever you think sci-fi, you think Star Wars, and whenever you think. Um, whenever you think uh, uh, sci or fiction movies, Star Wars is always the first one up there. Sure, maybe Lord of the Rings, but definitely Star Wars is would be number two then. Yeah, and Darth Vader is Star Wars. Yeah. Whenever you look at, whenever you think of Star Wars, whenever you were back in the seventies, you thought it was going to be the Luke Skywalker story. Mm-hmm. Then the prequels came out, and you realize, oh wait, Star Wars is an Anakin series. Yes, and even if. In even looking at what we are seeing right now it, with the current uh, trilogy with Kylo Ren, it's all because of what Vader did. Yeah. So Star Wars is all Darth Vader to me. Yeah, no, he, he's definitely the central character for sure. Yeah. Number three? Yeah. James Bond. Okay. Yeah. Good choice. For as many characters... I'm <coughs> sorry, got a frog in my throat. For as many actors who have played that character. Yeah. And they all bring something different. You still, you still feel Bond mm-hmm. in every single one of them. For as comedic as Roger Moore is, which I love, to as gritty and you know, you know, as 
butt kickery as Daniel Craig is because <laughs> yeah. he's not afraid to get hurt. Yeah. That's something that I really appreciate about Daniel Craig's version is he's okay with getting hurt. That suit can get torn up. Yeah. He will get scars, bloodied, shot. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's the kind of bond that I really like. And then you have the suave, debonair, Sean Connery, and Pierce Brosnan. Each one of them brings something different, but they all still feel like Bond. Mm -hmm. And that's why whenever you see these actors like Sean Connery and Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan, each one you look at, you're like, that's Bond. I I think I would agree with your list um, as we go Vader and Bond, and then you know you've got two more here. But it sounds to me like you're really weighting like a character's iconicness. You know, yeah. like, uh, like these are the most iconic characters of all time, which isn't necessarily the way I thought about it. I was thinking about it like the most um, nuanced, or uh, even more than that, um, like a Kaiser Soze sort of thing. Yeah, that's a okay. great. You know, I didn't even think about that. Probably be number one on my list actually, now that I think <laughs> no, about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't even think about Kaiser Soze, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, it's it's not that it's iconic as much as it is uh, intricate. So, that I mean, that's what I like in a character. So maybe that just reveals something about me. Okay. But anyways, go ahead with your final Because whenever two. you look at my number two and my number one, they are definitely the most iconic. Okay. So you would go as the Kaiser Soze as opposed to, I'd say, my number two, a Rocky Balboa. Correct. Okay. Correct. But whenever I think of Rocky Balboa, I think of, you know, going from... Number the first one being you know an underdog story mm-hmm. to just all the movies after that no, being totally, totally yeah. different, but in every single one he is somebody you can't help but root for mm-hmm. because he can't talk all that well. He's like me, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's just somebody you can't help but love because he is the fighter in all of us, and he is the, pushing, the underdog. He's yeah. the underdog. He's the pushing force to make you totally. want to be better. Totally get it. Yep. Yeah. And my number one, yeah, greatest, most iconic character of all time, da 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 da, yeah, da da da, da Indiana Jones, da, da da da. He was one of my three. Was he? Yeah, Indiana Jones is a great character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I've been talking forever. Why don't you talk about Indiana Jones? <laughs> Um, was he your some, number three or was he? I actually didn't rank mine. I just picked okay. three of my greatest characters of all time. If I had to rank them, uh, yes, I think he would be number one. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and do them as ranked because I think I can rank them pretty easily. Okay. He would be my number one um, character. So that's interesting. We both had him at number one then. So yeah. at least we, you know, we agree on that. Uh, I don't know that there's ever been a character in film that is as uh, quite as engaging, interesting, well-defined um you know the the roguishness uh combined with the reluctant heroism you know combined with you know he's he's a professor and he just wants that's, it's all about education and teaching that's and, what it is for me somebody can be both smart and an action hero yeah. at the same time yeah yeah he's he's an incredible character um yeah. that's yeah, that's that's a brilliant one. That's that's my number one as well. Uh, the other two I had, um, I'll go with number three and then number two. Number three, I had Gollum actually for Ooh, my third most. Smirkers. Yeah, I, there's something about that's that a character really good pick that actually has, that has really. Uh, there's just so much depth there, so much interest there in that backstory and how he became like he was. Uh, Tolkien was very smart about how he wrote that character in the importance of how that character has to symbolize Frodo's shadow in many ways. Yeah. He has to symbolize where Frodo could end up. Without Gollum, I think the weight of the ring doesn't feel as heavy. You know, it doesn't you don't understand the depth of the ring without a character like Gollum. Yeah. And uh man, it's just a powerful powerful character. So Well, Frodo even in the movies, I don't know if it's in the books, but he has that line where uh, why do you want to help or Samwise asks him why do you want to help him and then Frodo says because I have to believe he can come back. Right. Because I think even Frodo sees Gollum as his future self and he's afraid like I can't stop. I'm on this quest and I have to save, but can I save myself at the end of this? Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect choice. Yeah, so Smeagol/Gollum slash Gollum. Um, would be my number three. And number two, maybe it's a little bit uh, just kind of my own biases, but Norman Bates is my number two. Um, just because, well, what's the actor's name? Anthony Perkins. He never went on to do anything else because I, everybody was afraid of I, him. I know, he couldn't. Yeah. Um, he nails that performance, but even beyond the performance, that character is such an interesting exploration of psychosis 
And up until that point, I shouldn't say completely, but mostly evil had just been evil on screen. You know, it, it was something that was, um, you know, uh, distasteful immediately or dark immediately. With Norman Bates, there's this beautiful innocence boyishness to him when you meet him that is undermined by how Hitchcock shoots it, the sounds he's putting, the you know, the stuffed animals in the office, the all that stuff is undermining this character's presence. And the idea of kind of what that character is and where that psychosis comes from, which by the way is based on a real life serial uh, killer, real life uh, psychotic. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. In fact, same one that, uh, that uh, Leatherface is uh, based on the oh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on. So, huh. um, so yeah, um, I highly, by the way, encourage you to seek out a podcast um, from Wondery called, uh, I think it's just called psycho uh, behind psycho, maybe very, very smartly done and teach you a lot of kind of about what happened there. But, Okay. Anyhow, um, the character itself is just very interesting to me because of that juxtaposition between what seems like a kind, innocent person and the fact that he's also his mom, you know, so to speak, and yeah. and uh, and what he does because of her, even though he is her, and uh, just in that final scene, uh, oh, with is the just, fly, yeah, is just, I mean, it's it's amazing. So that that's why I had him. In no, there. that's a good call. I had a feeling you would have Norman Bates on there because your love of Hitchcock, you know. And there are many, many more uh, amazing characters throughout film, but those are some of our favorites. So what a great question. Thanks, John. I really like that one. I didn't want to put characters in there that are known outside, you know, like Batman or something like that, you know, where they're, you know, yes, they're huge on-screen presence, but it's, you know, not from the screen that a lot of people know them. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, thank you, John. If you have a SIF quest you want to send us on, feel free to let me know on Twitter or email. Either way is fine. Uh, if there's a debate you want to solve, if there's a question you want answered, just let us know. We will get on it. All right. Buried treasure time. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go. Um, so mine is a Hulu original series. I wanted to wait until a couple episodes were out before I talked about it. It's called okay. The Looming Tower. Okay. How you have you heard about it? it? I have heard about it. I'm liking it. Okay. I'm like I'm intrigued. I, I'm you know I'm excited every single week for the new episode to come out. Jeff Daniels. Uh, if you don't know what the show is about, it's pretty much uh, from 1997 to 2001. What led up to 9/11 and how the CIA and the FBI were you know trying to figure out what the next attack was going to be, but they didn't really want to work together with each other. You know the F- or the CIA wanted to keep all their secrets. You know mm-hmm. and the FBI was like, hey, come on, you got to let us in on this and stuff. And you know for a television drama a lot of this stuff has to be exaggerated at the same time i find the story fascinating and you question you know for as much as the u.s knew before 9-11 happened if it could have been prevented and you know obviously like i said with a television show you don't know what's dramatized and what's actually factual but at the same time it makes you think about some stuff and I like I like stories like this, you know, like the behind the scenes look of, you know, governments and, you know, how everything really works and stuff. I find that stuff interesting. I'm really glad you're enjoying it. I've actually heard nothing but negatives Have you really? uh, from, yeah, from the other people who I, I kind of follow and listen to. Um, <clears throat> and in the consensus that I've heard seems to be, how is this not working with this um, with these amazing people in it? Uh, which yeah, when I hear the cast and everything, I mean Jeff Daniels alone for me is yeah. you know, makes it interesting. I think for me, there's also an element of I don't know if I'm going to watch this because I'm not excited about reliving that. Like I'm not excited about going into the details on that. You know what I mean? Like it feels a the, little rough for me. The so. three episodes I've seen, it never deals with nine eleven, but it does though. I mean, but well, it, it's it's all about like a. Trying to find the terrorist, you know, and the bombing of the Kenyan sure. embassy and stuff like right. that, and like how all that stuff led up to it. I think I'd almost rather read like an investigative report on something okay. like that than to see a dramatization of something that I know where it's, I know what it's leading to, and it's not fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess so. So there's something about it that makes me just kind of, eh, I don't I think I'm just going to back you, off of that one. I, I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth. No, you're, here. Good, do, you're good. Do you feel like it? praises the event in some ways by no. making okay I'd, no not necessarily okay that's i'm that's not what i was saying 
Okay, because I, I haven't seen it. I don't. I don't know that at but all. But I'm talking about in general, like a, a, a something like this, like a dramatization of a quote unquote event like this. Mm. Do you feel like it actually like? It, no, it, I'm not saying it champions it, but like, well, let's take a look at pe- people versus OJ, right? Yeah. Um, I we knew where that one was going. We knew where that one was going. Yeah. Not to, I mean, not to a great place, but I found it more fascinating and interesting because it feels more. Uh, it doesn't feel as life shattering, or, or I mean, obviously it was for a couple people. Yeah. Um, but it, it feels to a, a scale. Yeah, there's a scale to it that that feels, and, and it and it felt like it was further back you know too we've we we've had much longer since oj than since you know 9 11 so um it's been 17 years yeah yeah it's been yeah yeah it's been i mean this september will be 17 years yeah wow that's so i'm not saying it hasn't been i for whatever reason no 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 no. i'm just saying i can't because it feels so recent still yeah Um, well because it was so deep and powerful yeah and I remember um, exactly invasive. where I was. I'm sure you oh, do of course, too. Of yeah, course, of course. I, I remember where I was whenever the O.J. Simpson, uh, uh, his. Don't remember that. I think I, I don't remember where I was when that happened. Yeah, I remember. But, uh, but yeah, no, I remember that whole day. Like I remember pieces of that whole day of September 11th. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so there's something about it. I think that's that I I I probably won't see it, but I genuinely am glad that you're finding value in it. Like that's yeah, that's um. You know, I think that's good, but and I'm not disinterested in what led up to 9/11. But again, I think I would rather read an investigator, yeah, some sort of report like that. that was really investigated out and I knew was accurate, and you know, all that kind of stuff. If I was going to kind of look into it, so okay. So What's your you buried treasure? My buried treasure is a cooking show on Netflix called Ugly Delicious. Ugly Delicious. So this comes from uh, the restaurateur David Chang. Uh, who does Momofuku in uh, New York and then just opened a new restaurant in L.A. Um, I am not a foodie. I'm really not. I'm starting to understand foodies more because uh, hanging out with the uh, CinemaSins guys, they are definitely foodies. They used uh, to have, I don't know if they still have the show, but didn't they movie have recipes. Like, yeah, movie recipes? Yeah, they want to bring that back too. Um, so they've kind of taught me some things, and I've gone to restaurants with them that are, you know, kind of more high-end chefs kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm starting to get it a little bit more. But this show appeals to me even beyond that because it's about the discovery of how we interact and innovate with food. So every episode is about a different type of food. So the first episode was about pizza. Okay. And it just kind of goes into a little bit of the history, but even more importantly than that, how different chefs are innovating with pizza what they're doing with it what makes a pizza a pizza um you know there's even a whole section where he delivers for Domino's for a day you know and they talk <laughs> about you know store pizza like that like mass market pizza and yeah. how that's different um than what's going on in the you know the pizzerias in New York and those kind Chicago. of things and, yeah yeah exactly yeah. although they did not really go into Chicago style pizza that much they mentioned that's it that's a shame but it's they the best I I love Chicago style they talk about it for a little bit but anyways Giordano's is the best pizza in the world I or Lou Malnati's I I would I would, yeah, I may agree with that. I, I'm going to need more time to really think about it, but I sure do love me some Giordano. I go, I go to Chicago once a year just for pizza. <laughs> I really do. Um, so, anyways, so ugly, De- delicious uh, is the name of the episode. I'm two, uh, or not the episode, the series, and I, I'm two episodes in. So, I'm, uh, it's I'm, on Netflix. I'm, I'm on board. So, it, it, it's every single like pizzas, burgers, uh, salads. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's different than what I thought. I thought it was going to be like foods that, you know, just didn't look appealing. But once you actually tried it, it was like delicious, like pho, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, it's actually good. Yeah. Okay. But now that's no, no, intriguing. No, no, no. no. It's, it's about different kinds of food. And the second one, oh, let me remember, where what are they going to? Um, ah, I thought I had it in my brain or I wouldn't have even brought it up. <laughs> but it's, they go to a food truck to start off with. And it's, what did they serve? Tacos. Them? Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. The second one is tacos. Yeah. You haven't even seen it. No. Get out of my brain, Andrew Ormsby. No, it's just I always have tacos on the brain, so. Uh, yeah, second episode is about tacos, so. You said food truck, and whenever I think food trucks, I yeah, automatically yeah, yeah. think tacos. Yeah, so. there you go. So, yeah, Ugly Delicious on Netflix, uh, especially if you love food shows, I'd highly check it out. Nice. Well, there we go. That's us. We did the podcasting. It was a good one, too. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. 
You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks again to Andrew for joining us each week. Oh, thank you. Anything you want to point people to? What you got going on? Head over to either my Twitter or my Instagram, both of them at Flick Freaks. Posted some pictures of some stuff I'm pretty excited about recently. Cool. Like I said, finished my tattoo, and I also built a wall, a feature wall in my apartment. Mm. Got some old barn wood, and I put it up there. Who'd you have pay for it? Me. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's the important part when you build a wall. You have to have somebody else pay for it. That's apparently. true. I've heard oh, that I, I, made, I made the joke uh, several times and my parents did not find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, as far as me, uh, you can check out at Aaron Dicer on Twitter and certainly go to the YouTube Your Movie Friend. Uh, just put up my top 41 of 2017 so you can check that out there and much appreciated also much love and gratitude to our patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the podcast network possible support starts at three bucks a month comes with some pretty fun perks you can find out more at patreon.com slash studio dna lots of ways to connect with us you can leave a comment at spreaker or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com and finally if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably like it too so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than adapting a bizarre children's fantasy novel. Spoiler chat for this week's movie will be up in your podcast feed next, and we'll see you back next week to chat Tomb Raider. Woo! You excited? Yeah. I want there to be one good video game movie. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.